Welcome back to OnChain Experiments, where we take a look at the creators, collectors, and dApps that are running the OnChain Experiments that are gonna onboard the next billion people into Web3. On today's episode, we're talking about phishing in the open sea. In the past 24 hours, there was a phishing attack where $1.7 million worth of NFTs were stolen from different non-custodial wallets, all associated with OpenSea smart contracts. We're gonna take a look at two internal statements from the OpenSea team, as well as two external sources that are just analyzing data on chain. And then we're gonna talk about how you can protect yourself if you've been impacted, as well as looking at the risks of using non-custodial wallets. Hope you're ready. Here we go, gonna get started with internal takes from the OpenSea team. Hope you enjoy. OpenSea released a tweet on February 19th. We are actively investigating rumors of an exploit associated with OpenSea-related smart contracts. This appears to be a phishing attack originating outside of OpenSea's website. Do not click links outside of OpenSea.io. OpenSea's latest tweet was about an hour ago on Sunday, February 20th, saying, We're continuing to investigate the phishing attack that was reported last night. We'll be giving updates from this account throughout the day today. In case you missed it, this thread from our CEO has the latest on what we know. I've included a link to both of the OpenSea tweets in the description. If you want to read more from OpenSea, check out those tweets. Now we're going to head over to the other internal source, Devin Finzer, the CEO of OpenSea. Devin Finzer, the CEO and co-founder of OpenSea, has been responding to the phishing attack with his own tweet thread. He says, as far as we can tell, this is a phishing attack. We don't believe it's connected to the OpenSea website. It appears 32 users thus far have signed a malicious payload from an attacker and some of their NFTs were stolen. The attacker does not appear to be active at this point. We haven't seen any malicious activity from the attacker's account in two hours. Some of the NFTs have been returned. We are not aware of any phishing emails that have been sent to users, but at this time, we do not know which website was tricking users into maliciously signing messages. Always double check that you are interacting with OpenSeed.io in your browser when you sign messages. If you are an affected user, please DM at OpenSea underscore support so that we can thoroughly investigate. We'd love your help. If you are concerned and want to protect yourself, you can unapprove access to your NFT collection here. And then Devin Finzer includes a link on Etherscan to be able to revoke token approvals. Importantly, rumors that this was a $200 million hack are false. The attacker has $1.7 million of ETH in his wallet from selling some of the stolen NFTs. Personally, I really like OpenSea's internal response. There are three steps of one, make the public aware. Two, offer support for impacted users. And three, educate on how to avoid these attacks. Feel like a very proper response for a Web3 company to respond to an incident. They didn't hide it. They didn't pretend like it wasn't a thing. They've made the public aware. They also didn't say, sorry, this is your problem. We're a non-custodial service. You own everything, so it's your job to protect. They are saying like, hey, please message our support team. We would love to help you out, and we would love to learn more about this. And... It sounds like they're actively working with victims to help them recover what they lost or at least feel heard and feel like they're getting supported by the platform. Even though OpenSea like, didn't get hacked, it was totally unrelated and it was a third-party phishing, they're still offering support. And finally, educating on how to avoid these attacks. 
they're saying like, hey, make sure you check the domain, OpenSea.io. Don't be signing any transactions related to your OpenSea NFTs unless it's coming from our website. And this is the type of education that we need telling people like verify your domain, verify the messages if you can. I know messages are not very easy to interpret, but overall, great response internally. Now, let's check out the external response and investigation of this phishing attack. We're going to take a look at two independent users. One is Isotile and the other is Fubar. Neither of those users are related to OpenSea, and these are just users doing their own investigation of the OpenSea phishing uh, attacks. Starting with Isotile's thread, this was released on February 20th at midnight. OpenSea NFT hack explained thread. 28 days ago, the hacker uploads a new smart contract. He already knows well that his goal is to get as many signatures as possible. There's a screenshot from Etherscan that highlights the transaction where the contract was created, and then you can see a series of other transactions that occurred on that smart contract. He starts sending emails with phishing websites. They tell you to sign a message to log in slash migrate to the new OpenSea smart contract. Instead, you're signing a private sale of zero ETH of your NFTs to the hacker. And then they have a screenshot of what that transaction looks like in MetaMask. Today, he executes a smart contract function to steal the NFTs before their listings expire. He can do that because he has your signatures stored on his server. It's got a screenshot of the smart contract code exposing how they're able to steal the NFTs. As a final note, always check what you're signing because one click makes a difference. You can revoke access to your NFTs from the official Etherscan website, and then they have the same link here that Devin Finzer posted of how you can revoke your token approvals directly from Etherscan. I really like how Isotile explained in four simple tweets, like here is when it happened 28 days ago, users were giving approvals. The hacker six days ago went and actually exploited and stole people's NFTs. And then here is the part in the smart contract where he was able to do that, as well as if you're afraid that you might be uh, vulnerable, revoke your token approvals. Here's the URL. Here's how you do it. Now let's jump over to FUBAR for another external take. Fubar on Twitter at 0xFubar. NFT exploit. The hacker is using a helper contract deployed 30 days ago to call an OpenSea contract deployed four days ago with valid atomic match data. Likely a signature phishing attack from several weeks back, the attacker is exploiting now before all the listings expire. The only relation to OpenSea's new V2 deployment is that these listing phishings will expire in six days. So the hacker is acting now to steal items listed on the V1 marketplace. How can you protect yourself? And then he has a link to ethtransaction.info. I'm not going to click on the link, but he does have a link. Final tweet, revoke all approvals from OpenSea if you think you may have interacted with malicious websites, any malicious website in the past few months. However, this is not a generalized smart contract export, rather a latent phishing attack. The code is safe. I like the last part. Fubar made, where he says, this is not a generalized smart contract export. This isn't an issue with OpenSea smart contract. This is a latent phishing attack. Someone else external to the entire OpenSea smart contract ecosystem has tricked people into signing a transaction that gives them the ability to manage uh, the tokens, the NFTs that users are lifting, listing on OpenSea. But OpenSea smart contracts are totally fine. They're totally valid. They're very secure and well audited. Um, but it's a non-custodial service. And we'll talk about the challenges and uh, 
problems, not necessarily problems, but just things to be aware of with uh, non-custodial services. But really quick, I liked a couple of the comments that were replying to FUBAR's thread. From I Got The Looks, they say, gotta love the investigating powers in the space. OpenSea is silent while well, we're all figuring it out before then. Another person comments, does this mean he could have done this the entire time? To which FUBAR replies, yes. Probably waited to gather as many signatures as possible before exploiting. This comment is really important and we haven't addressed it yet. Where does the attacker get the emails from? Hack OpenSea? OpenSea employees. Um, so this is a point we have not explored yet. How was the attacker able to fish these users? How are these users getting directed to a malicious website where they did sign these transactions? OpenSea has not released any public data yet. We can't confirm that they were from phishing emails, but one hypothesis, again, this is not confirmed and it's early on in the investigation, but one hypothesis is that someone was able to steal email lists from OpenSea. That way they were able to send out a mass email uh, to a bunch of OpenSea collectors and creators with the malicious links inside of them. If that's true, then the biggest responsibility I think OpenSea needs to take on is uh, openly communicating whether or not their email list was breached and whether that email list was hacked and then taking the proper steps to secure that data. By holding onto this data, OpenSea does have a responsibility to the collectors and to the creators. And if that information was hacked, I'd really hope that OpenSea comes forward and talks about it. If not, more of these conspiracies are going to be circulating and the people like Isotile and Fubar that are actively out here doing their own research that's not tied to OpenSea, they're going to figure it out. We're going to figure this stuff out. The Web3 community is really good on its investigation. So I just I hope that in OpenSea's investigation, whatever they do find, they communicate publicly so that everybody can be on the same page and it doesn't get to the point where we've got these private investigators coming in and sharing the data while OpenSea does not want to take ownership. I don't think they're going to get to that point, but just wanted to share this uh, contentious, not totally resolved point. Again, it has not been confirmed whether these email, the email list came from OpenSea, but that is a hypothesis that people are starting to talk about. It is really cool and very unique in Web3 that external parties can run their own investigation at the same level or better than the internal teams. In Web2, if a big company got hacked, like if a Pfizer got hacked or Google or Amazon or um, if your social security data got hacked, you might not find out about it until someone internal comes out and whistleblows. But here in Web3, where all data is on-chain and anybody can view it with the same level of scrutiny that the internal team can have, it provides a whole new uh, opportunity for information to be shared, investigations to be had, and truth to be made known to the public. It's very exciting and very fulfilling for me to be able to read and give both an internal take of people that are inside the company and have an official title, as well as being able to jump to random people that I've never met before that are out here talking about it as well. They've got the links to the images. They're showing links on Etherscan of exactly how this is happening. They're showing snippets of smart contract code to show exactly how this code's getting executed. This kind of investigative journalism is only possible in Web3, and it's unlocking a whole new field of investigation, research, and journalism to happen. It's really exciting, and it's really cool that the community can just respond as a community instead of having to wait and just be patient for the OpenSea team to respond. Everything is happening and unfolding really quick. I wasn't even expecting to make this episode on an OpenSea phishing scam today, but because in the past 24 hours so much data around it's come out, 
I've been able to pivot and respond just like the community. This community moves very quickly and we move in a very informed way. Um, check Twitter if you want more info. I've got links to all of these threads in the show notes. So if you want to do your own research and look at these on your own, check out the description. I've got the links. I've got to shout out Abhishek from the Mint Songs team here. He posted in our general chat in Slack today, and the title of this episode is actually coming from his meme, so I, I want to give him credit and not claim it as my own. He said at noon today, side note, it's probably too soon, but the hacker went fishing in an open sea. Way to be on brand, lol. It is quite funny that this is a phishing scam on open sea, and so the title of this episode, what, what did I make it? Fishing in the open sea comes from Abhishek. Shout out to you, Abhishek. Now let's talk about the people who are fearful. If you feel like you might have been impacted, if you feel like you might have been on a malicious site or you might have signed a message that you didn't want to sign and you want to go and revoke approval for any DAP, there's a link you can go to that'll take you to Etherscan. It's etherscan.io forward slash token approval checker. I will not have the link to this in the show notes because I don't know enough about this yet, but I have linked multiple threads from Devin Finzer, from OpenSea, from Isotile and Fubar. All of those links to all those Twitter threads should have a valid link to etherscan.io forward slash token approval checker, where you can input just an address or an ENS. You can just paste the smart contract address, like the OpenSea smart contract in this case. You'd paste the OpenSea smart contract, and then you can... Uh, revoke approval for your tokens. So if you think you've been impacted and you want to secure your tokens, head on to Etherscan, paste the smart contract address for the OpenSea smart contract, and then just revoke your token approvals. That's going to make it so that uh, OpenSea will no longer have access to your tokens. And if OpenSea doesn't have access to your tokens, then this phishing scam will not work. Because again, the phishing scam is going in moving tokens that you've given approval to OpenSea to manage. So that's how you should respond. That's how everyone is saying, just go into Etherscan, revoke your token approval, and then you'll be safe again. So this is probably good practice for people across the board. Maybe like once a year, you can just kind of go in and any marketplace you know you've given your token approvals for, just like manage, revoke your approvals. It's on you in a self-custodial world. And this is the section we're going to go into talking about next. What are the self-custodial risks of using Web3? Let's start off by talking about what the difference between custodial and non-custodial is. Custodial services are services where you don't manage the risk. You're trusting some other third party to manage the risk and manage your private keys. These are centralized exchanges, things like Coinbase, Gemini, Kraken, anywhere that you didn't have to connect your wallet to the site in order to use, they're probably managing your private keys. Non-custodial services are services where you manage your own private key, you own everything that you do, and you are totally responsible for managing those keys and making sure that they don't get exposed. The benefits of a custodial service are if you don't necessarily trust yourself to take responsibility for your assets, you can trust someone else. And so if you forget your password to Coinbase, you can call up Coinbase, get support, and they can recover your lost password. Whereas if you lose your private key to your hardware wallet, then your crypto funds are lost forever. Nobody can help you recover them. So like in MetaMask, if you lose your password and your private key, your funds get lost forever. Even if you reach out to MetaMask to try to get support, 
you're using a non-custodial service, so MetaMask cannot help you recover your keys. The benefits of non-custodial services are if a centralized hack happens, if Coinbase gets hacked, if some other custodial service that manages your keys get hacked, your funds can potentially get lost. Someone else could steal and hack that service, and by hacking that service, they can steal your funds. They can also use social engineering tactics. So we've seen people call up Coinbase and pretend to be you, and then they're able to trick Coinbase representatives into getting your access to your account, and then they can send your crypto wherever they want. That can't happen, again, if someone tries to trick MetaMask support. MetaMask support doesn't know what your private keys are, so they can't give someone access to your account. There are definitely pros and cons to having custodial and non-custodial services. One of the biggest unlocks in Web3 is this aspect of having true ownership and being non-custodial. So there's definitely a lot of benefits in Web3 that are unique, that are unique to Web3 um, by going non-custodial. But feel, definitely do your own research. Know what your own goals are. It's up to you to determine, do you want to use a custodial service or do you want to be more non-custodial? Um, do your research and figure out what you want to do. Um, but let's talk more about, so there's an article from Crypto Briefing talking about uh, self-custodial risks. And I'm just going to read a section from this article as it pertains to the phishing on OpenSea. In recent months, many Board Ape Yacht Club holders have lost their high-value NFTs in similar attacks after signing away their assets. As NFTs have attracted mainstream interest and their prices have soared, Hackers have increasingly turned to the space to target collectors. Most of the affected OpenSea users have fallen victim to phishing attacks that tricked them into signing malicious contracts. For all of the benefits of self-custody wallets and decentralization, such attacks raise questions about whether crypto and NFTs are truly ready for mass adoption. Even when crypto holders use a hardware wallet to store their assets, they are not necessarily protected against smart contract scams. For collectors, NFT hacks like this one are, are a reminder of the importance of taking caution at all times in Web3, especially when it comes to checking emails and signing transactions. This entire happening, this entire experience with OpenSea is reminding me of advice I've been getting about moving to Argentina. I've been getting advice from a lot of people of, Keep your head on a swivel. South America is a dangerous place. Be careful where you go. And a lot of fear has been told to me from my family and friends around living in South America. But the more I've lived around here and I've been experiencing Argentina and experiencing Buenos Aires, I've met so many cool, welcoming, loving people. Like, it's very hard to think of this as a scary place. I ride the train, I walk around in public, I talk to random people inside of stores. I feel like I've been really welcomed here. And I actually told one of my friends, Damian, I said, Damian, I, everyone's telling me to be scared, but I feel like I've met so many cool and loving people here. I, I haven't been to an area that's felt unsafe for me yet. And Damian's response is just, be careful, keep your head on a swivel, don't be stupid. And I think that really relates to where we're at right now in Web3 with non-custodial ownership. It's like, yes, it can be a scary place. Yes, these attacks can happen. Just be informed. Don't be scared, but don't be stupid. 
Like you don't leave your wallet sitting outside. When I lived in Thailand, I could leave my key inside of my motorbike. And I actually did that when I first arrived. I forgot to take my key out of my motor scooter. I was walking for like half an hour and I came back and my key was still sitting in the bike. Nobody took it. I was freaking out for no reason thinking that someone would have taken my bike. If I had done the same thing here and left my key inside of a bike and or left my wallet out, like someone would probably have taken that. Um, and that's just the cultural difference of Thailand versus South America. But like that was just me being stupid. And if I wasn't stupid, like if you're not stupid, nothing bad's gonna happen. When I, when I ride a train, I keep my wallet deep inside my backpack. I don't make it easy to get lifted out. I haven't gotten, I haven't felt at risk of getting mugged. I haven't felt like anyone's gonna beat me up or like chase me down an alleyway, but I haven't been stupid either. Like I wear my backpack on my front. I don't leave stuff sitting out. Um, I think about stuff, but I don't feel unsafe at all when I walk around and I, I obviously don't know and this, this might be me just asking for some bad negative karma to come into my life and to get attacked so that I experience this in Argentina but so far it's been a really safe experience as long as you're not stupid and that's kind of the message I just want to bring into this episode is like don't let these attacks make you think that Web3 is a scary place and you shouldn't come and explore. Please come and explore because by exploring, you start to develop your own sense of security. You start to develop your own intelligence on what is safe and what's not safe. If you never expose yourself to this space, you're one, never going to be able to realize the benefits that this space has to offer. And two, we only get stronger by getting damaged. And so take small risks that you're okay with taking so that if you do get hacked or if you do get something stolen, you're okay with it. Don't, don't go all in and like totally expose yourself. That's super risky. Make small experiments, take small steps. And as you continue to build up your intelligence in the space, you can take bigger and bigger steps. Just like with traveling, like at first you're raised by your parents, you don't leave your house. And then eventually you leave your house and you start to explore a city. And then you might explore that city till you graduate and you might go to college in a brand new city. And each time you move to a new place, you're learning a totally different set of rules. And the further and further you go away from your home, the rules are gonna be much more different. And if you just throw yourself into an entirely new space, if I just came straight to Argentina out of living in Lebanon, Ohio, in a very sheltered city, like my experience could have been totally different if I came into the city expecting it to be just as safe as it was in Lebanon, Ohio. But I haven't, I've been taking steps. I'm 25 years old. I've explored all of the United States. I've also explored Thailand, a very safe country. And like I'm continuing to grow as a digital nomad and each place I go to, I'm learning new lessons. I am getting hurt in different ways and I'm continuing to grow. I'm not letting it stop me. I'm not being like SpongeBob after he, what was it? He got his butt hurt and then he never wanted to leave his house again. That's, you, you don't wanna lock yourself inside when you get hurt. Fall down six times, get up seven, continue to improve, continue to get stronger. People are fishing in the open sea. Keep your eyes and ears open, trust but verify so that you can safely run more on-chain experiments. If you've got any questions, check out the show notes. I've got links to all the resources that I've talked about in this episode. Otherwise, you can reach out to me on any social media site at sweetman.eth. Thank you for tuning in. This is sweetman.eth signing off.